At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. All right. Welcome back to the Outdoor Drive Podcast. This is episode 88 of The Drive. Well, it's your boy, East Coast Trev, and this is Steve. Steve, welcome aboard. Yeah. Welcome aboard the drive. I, I can <laughs> tell you're back on the boat. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> welcome you, aboard. Why, why do you say that? <laughs> you back yeah. in your routine. Oh, yeah. Welcome uh. aboard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. No. <laughs> what's life like being I guess back just, on the water? Oh, you know, it's it's nice to be back. Actually, the fish have kind of moved in. You know, things have started a little bit earlier than normal. Uh, it's nice being around people and stuff, but, you know, it's those early mornings. It's getting hot. You know, the summer's here. And, you know, being with Captain Seth all the time, we talk deer hunting the whole time. So, like, we're actually fishing. <laughs> we're working, but we're talking deer hunting. We're like, oh, did you get any cam, cam footage? Did you get any cam footage? What's going on? Where are you going to hunt? What are you going to do? You know, so it's, uh, you know, it's one step closer to deer season, man. Oh, you know, yeah. it really is. That's all right. At least you guys are already pulling some freaking slobs. Like, yeah, the big fish have already started to show up, man. Yeah. It's like it's crazy. The other day we had a, a charter with some some really cool dudes. Um, actually, funny thing is we got in uh, and Seth sells t-shirts for twenty bucks, right? So he asked everyone, "You want a t-shirt? You want a t-shirt? You want a t-shirt?" And um, one of the dudes we were on the on the boat and um, we we were catching big fish, so we were gonna go live and. Uh, so I go in and I put on my sweatshirt and I come out and I went from that like beer drinking fun, like bachelor party type thing to very professional talking the way that you should on a live video and stuff. So <laughs> I take it, I come back out after the live video is over and they caught two really big fish. One was 39 and one was 37 pounds. And I'm sitting there and they're like, bro, that was weird. You just like went professional in like a matter of a second. And I was like, they're like, you act like you've talked before. And I was like, talked. I said, you never <laughs> a met little. me. I, I can talk trev talks <laughs> so uh so like well what is it and i was like well you know i'm you know a part of a podcast um the outdoor drive podcast so on and so forth so anyway so we get back to the dock and uh we talked about the 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 podcast for a while and then uh got back to the dock and seth was selling his t-shirts and um the guy was like hey man you got any of your swag and i was like funny enough i do I got some hats in the in the truck. So one of the guys he ended up buying a hat for me um, nice. for the outdoor drive. So it was kind of cool. I'm not really sure of the moral of the story, but uh but yeah, he, talk. <laughs> yeah. he bought a hat, man. So it was kind of cool to have a customer buy a hat and whatnot. And those guys actually pounded them up and we had a really good trip. And it was fun and it's always fun and enjoyable, man. I love being on the water. I love being around people and uh catching big fish. It's gonna be a really good season. Oh yeah. Really do it so yeah we're we're definitely off to a start i i finally got out on the river gotta go spend that. sunday uh it was such a nice break and uh so like everyone who knows me knows that my my secret go-to that's not secret is a gold minnow on a quarter ounce jig head i thought it was mad toms well that that's the secret secret okay <laughs> but you can't buy those in a store you have to go mm -hmm. catch them so when we're just going out and running these floats, I'll just gulp minnows, 
three inch gulp minnows and they always slay the fish well right now you can't find them anywhere unless you order them online i didn't have any handy so i went down and i found you know some swim baits and some similar things and figured you know hey should have decent effect close enough got out there and my buddy pulled a couple in real quick and then uh, i finally landed one you know it was a nice three three pounder i mean just beautiful fish and i was like all right i'm digging this bait and i fished and i fished and i think four miles down the river i finally turned to my buddy and said i want one of your gulps sorry (laughs) i give in i'm done (laughs) and he was just putting on a clinic yeah he was he was racking and the thing with gulps is yeah you're gonna catch a lot you know five inches to eight inches you know you one pounders it, they don't kill trophy fish every catch, but you catch a lot of fish, which is fun on the river. So I put a gulp on, I cast it twice, and I catch a seven-pound freaking catfish. <laughs> oh, geez. It's like, what is with me and randomly hooking up with catfish? So that was cool. Got it in, got it unhooked, threw it out, threw the bait back out, pulled in another two-pounder. I was like, okay, all right went down the river we caught a couple more and i was like why did i ever buy anything other than a gulp like i, 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 if, gulp. I if i could just be like hey gulp sponsor me and all i want is minnows <laughs> i would do it that's awesome we so, use them we use them on the salt too gulp is the way to go man i mean it's it's just good stuff and we're not sponsored i'm not throwing this out there like that you know this is in the break check this is just it, it's reality i they fish work. four different lures over the day the only thing I caught anything worth a crap on consistently was a gulp minnow. So random rant for me. There we have it. Yeah, at least you're out in the water, man, making it happen. Got a little sunburnt, I'd imagine. Uh, so funny enough, I've learned over the years that when I go out on the kayaks, I am in long sleeve fishing shirts and long sleeve fishing pants. I, I'm over being cooked sitting in shorts and tank, wife beaters and tank tops, and I'm over it. I'm just too old for that crap. But every time I do it, the top of my feet and ankles always get burned. No matter how much you put on, it always gets burned. So I go to put my shoes on to go run yesterday morning. I was like, oh, this sucks. (laughs) So only downfall is the one spot that burns is the painful spot. Jesus. I hate that, man. The top, because then you go to put socks on, it wears, it tears. Oh, not fun. Not good. Right not good at all well oh, man quick update how's the bow hunting league going for you how's your one shots working out uh not so much bro horrible absolutely horrible i i went and i was dropping bombs dude on the 70 this week and uh was uh doing really well i sighted in and then i go and i put up the camera and i start doing the one shot no five and a half inches away now was- well I didn't even register that son of a B. Yeah, you, you got to go ahead and post that up while we talk. <laughs> yeah, I almost forgot about it. <laughs> so I was like, darn it. This week's shot was uh, 70 yards at a five inch dot. And Trev this week pulled to me last week. Last week's was 45 at one inch. So I warm up, you know, and I'm, I'm on target. Things are good. It's like, okay, this is nice. Turn on the Facebook Live, go to take my shot. I was like, I think I was like three and a half inches outside. And I was like, what in the heck is going on? 
So I went back and I read, I checked my sight tapes and read it everything. And I realized I was seven yards off on my marker. So upside to a floater, you can get that tune before you take your shot for the moment, but it pointed out that I was way off. So made the adjustments, went out and, and they actually, uh, they threw me a bone and some of you guys may have seen it. If you watch and follow along, uh, when they first posted, they posted 70 yards at a one inch dot. So I set up and I got tuned up and ready to go. And I took my 70 yard shot at one inch. It was an inch and a half out. So, you know, I was content. I'm like that. That's a good shot. That'll compete. And when I came in to log my shot, they had made the update and said, it's a five inch dot. So I hit up Ben and DA and they, uh, very graciously said, Oh no, that, that counts as an X go out and film your next shot. Take your second one. And like an idiot, I didn't go out and take any warm up shots. I was out of my groove. You know, it'd been an hour since I'd shot. I went out, filmed the first shot and I was three and a half inches out. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. So it was just a stupid move on my, my end. But, uh, so yeah, if you guys haven't checked out the the bow hunting league, the one shot tournament, and now the deer hunting challenge is open. So go ahead and did you get your team registered yet for that? Yes, I've got it signed up and in. I've still got to build the collage because our good buddy Andrew does not have any grip and grins. He's not a grip and grin guy. Oh, geez. So I'm trying to figure out how, you know, I'll probably just do pictures of us hanging in a tree or something. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, I guess you're not cool unless you put up a collage I'm gathering. But uh, we're, we're going to go with uh, Team Black Toe Bandits, which goes back to an inside joke from his wedding, where we all somehow by the next morning after his bachelor party ended up with our big toes painted black. Don't ask. <laughs> all right. I'll leave it at that, man. I'll leave it so. at that. Jeez. So, yeah, that's uh, what we're going with. That's awesome, man. I love it. I'm looking forward to it. They opened it up early, so if you guys haven't gotten out over there, get on over there, win that contest, man. It's a good time. Speaking of winning of contests, uh, I want to congratulate Dan, uh, Dan Smeltz um, for the uh, the giveaway, Ducks on the Bay giveaway, which talk about luck, right? So <laughs> Justin uh, Rigg from uh, from PA Bowhunter, um, stand-up guy, man. I, I – com- I am in his corner, man. What a, what a stand-up dude. And I couldn't believe it when I had gotten the text message. So I had texted him and said, hey, man, uh, you won the duck hunt for uh, the Ducks on the Bay outdoor drive giveaway. And uh, he so then he texted me back. He was like, oh, I'm flattered that I won. I really appreciate it. And then he texts back and he says, so you guys talk about how it's a one-in-a-lifetime type of hunt, right? And I was like, oh, for some it is. Absolutely. It's something that, you know, they might not be able to do all the time. And he said, well, if that's the case, he goes, I just remodeled the house. I don't think I can really swing the hotel and so on and so forth. I got a lot of stuff going on. And since it's a once in a lifetime hunt, not really a waterfowl hunt, there's somebody else will enjoy it way more than I would. And I'd really like to just have a redraw and have it go on. So I, I you know, hats off to him, man, because I, I think that's totally amazing what he did. So I ended up redrawing and uh, Dan, Dan Smeltz uh, ended up winning. So. Dan, Dan Smeltzy. love it. He'll love yeah. it, man. He, he's a new waterfowl hunter. Uh, went and did a snow goose hunt this year. Hunted with uh, a couple of his buddies back home. But he's starting to get into the waterfowl thing. So I think it'll be an amazing thing for him. So thanks to Justin for allowing that to happen. 
Oh, well, and know. it makes up for him not coming to the shoot this weekend. Yeah. Speaking of <laughs> him, Polk, none of the crews got so. slacking, man, slacking. But you know what? Speaking of the, the, the shoot, right? So I can't believe how many people I think we've said the, the, the East Coast trend, right? Because in all reality, I mean, there's a kid coming from Maine, one from Virginia, Pennsylvania. I mean, there's a ton of people coming and making that ride uh, that we've done for years. So, I yeah. mean, it's so if you guys haven't already, man, get on it. We probably, when you're listening to this, we're actually driving to the shoot. Um, so you're uh, you're missing out, dude. Get in the car and let's go. Yeah, it's going to be fun to hang out with them boys. Uh, just get everyone together and just just have a good time. I mean, we're we're getting to help a couple guys out. We're going to haul a bow up with us so that he doesn't have to worry about it while on the plane. Mm-hmm. You know, so glad that we can help support getting other people out there as well. Yeah. I mean, it just it, it's just bringing more people into the family. And we're we're looking uh it's looking good. I think I think we're going to have Charles from the Whitetail Distraction. I think he's going to ride out with us. So I think that's kind of cool someone else along the board man yeah someone to keep me awake while you sleep that's right i do a lot of sleeping <laughs> when i'm driving i do a lot of sleeping i love sleeping trev is the master of sleeping in the car on long rides that's it <laughs> i hate it man. i hate being in the car but well last year i drove yeah, i know was it you know iowa deer classic i drove yeah, iowa dro- deer classic you drove out i drove back mm-hmm. last year to the shoot you drove down to polks which is 45 then- minutes and then Polk drove clear till Ohio. No, he made it to Illinois. Okay. No, no, he made it to Iowa because I drove from Iowa to Illinois. Oh, really? And then coming back, Smelts and Polk drove. Jesus, not me. I was sleeping. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. <laughs> I'm good at that. I'm good at that. <laughs> it's, it's something else. I, I love being in the car, but man, if I can sleep, I'll definitely sleep. So I don't make a good cold pilot unless I'm driving. So, <laughs> Well, self-driving cars make it easy. I'm hoping to get another one. I'm actually working on that this time. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see, see how that goes. Yep. So, all right, boys, let's, uh, let's check in with, uh, with our sponsors. Let's do it, man. Roll them out. All right. Well, first off, we're going to thank uh, Gator Outdoors, GatorOutdoors.com. Use the promo code OUTDOORDRIVE25. Save yourself 25% on all that he offers over there. Some really good stuff, some good stuff coming. Keep your eyes out for that. So get on over there. Norrister Game Calls, NorristerGameCalls.com. Make sure to add him on Instagram and Facebook. You will, you will miss out on some of the coolest stuff. We have the Outdoor Series. It's it's a Fox Elderboro Wood. Uh, there's 18 of them right now. Uh, one of them is going for a giveaway for the bow hunting league for one of the weeks in that. So those will be coming up really soon. He's finishing those up. He just was finishing up the, the thumb tabs tabs. Um, so those will end up mm, probably be two weeks or so before they're actually on the market, but those are coming up. Those are new outdoor drive series, uh, timber tumblers, timber tumblers.com, all your custom tumblers, dog dishes, you name it. He's messing around with some uh, a laser burner for some uh, some leather patches and some other really cool stuff. So keep up with him. He's got a lot of cool stuff going on. Um, also, out on the limb, out on the limb, mfg.com. You can get your Hush uh, mobile setup. Uh, it's actually a sticks and stand. Uh, go and check them out. And then everything else that you need for self-filming um, and saddle hunting. So 
really cool guys. Go and check those guys out and support them. They they support us, so they make things happen here. And and don't miss out also going back on the Gator Outdoors, the kill cap, man. It's one of the coolest things that they do. It's you go on, you buy this kill cap for the year. It's a 2021 kill cap. And then when you kill something, you end up getting the t-shirt. And let me tell you, the t-shirt is this year. The t-shirt is gnarly. It's so cool, man. So don't miss out on that. And then, you know, we're not partnered with or anything like that. We just believe in this family Um, is the Zeus family. The Zeus just came out with a new tip on the Zeus is there Um, instead of a four channel. It's going to be an eight channel. So go and check those guys out. Zeusbroadheads.com. Actually, it's newerrorarchery.com is the uh, website on that. You can find the Zeus's there. But really cool broadhead, man. We believe in them. We we shoot them. We shoot the Aries and we shoot the Zeus's. We love them. So cut the Zeus loose, guys. You bet. Well, I know I'm falling behind on what's going on in the world. So I think we ought to kick it over to Mikey and let him inform us on what's going on in the world of the outdoors. Let's do it. All right. Turn that bad boy up. All right. Hey everyone, Mike here with some news for your crews. Let's kick this one off with a couple items out of New Mexico. A lawsuit has been filed by eight residents who live near Gila Forest uh, against the New Mexico Department of Game and Fish. The residents are stating that the department is not protecting them from the ever-growing elk herd destroying their land. Because of the hundreds of elk in the area, landowners and ranchers say that they are unable to raise cattle or grow crops due to the, the elk tearing down fences and eating feed. Uh, There is a solution to the problem. The E-plus program allows for special private land elk licenses for impacted landowners. Uh, However, the program requires approval from the Department of Game and Fish. And the department has denied the resident's um, request that was put forth, uh, some landowners being denied for multiple years. Uh, The lawsuit is seeking restitution for the damages to the land and to give the landowners money for basically taking their land without compensation. So an interesting scenario, and hopefully we'll see an outcome on that soon. Uh, New Mexico has also closed Santa Fe and Carson National Forest through December 31st, 2025, to, pre- to protect key habitat and migration corridors for bighorn sheep that recently returned to the area. Uh, this means that domestic sheep and goats will no longer be able to graze in specific wilderness areas. Uh, this is one effort to help herds rebound after bringing bighorn sheep back to its native lands. Uh, and violations uh, of the closure do have some steep penalties, with the possibility of being charged with a Class B misdemeanor, fines up to $5,000 for individuals and $10,000 for organizations and or imprisonment for up to six months. So hopefully this will have the desired effect on that bighorn sheep population. Uh, over the next several years. Now on to South Dakota, uh, where a bighorn sheep tag has been auctioned to the highest bidder. Uh, This auction is done yearly, uh, in addition to holding a resident-only draw for seven other tags. Uh, The auction tag um, bought was awarded to the highest bid uh, this year at $240,250, which is staggering to think about. Uh, but still less than last year's record of $312,000 for a single tag. Uh, The auction is held by the Midwest Wild Sheep Foundation at their banquet. Uh, The auction license can be used in the Elk Mountain and Hell Canyon hunting units. 
And of the proceeds, $85,000 will go to the Game, Game Fish and Parks Commission's Bighorn Sheep Fund. And the, remain, the remaining $155,250 will be split between GFP's uh, Game Production Management Area and the state's Second Century Habitat Fund. So more funds uh, generated by hunters uh, for game purposes, which is great to see. So now on to Texas and a world record fish. Wyatt Frankens caught what he initially believed to be a smallmouth bass while fishing with a friend at OH IV Reservoir. Uh, Frankens believed that he had set a lake record, but after posting pictures to social media, some people said he may not have, uh, may not have caught a normal smallie. Frankens had saved some scales from the fish and submitted them to the Texas Parks and Wildlife to be analyzed. And when the results came back, he had caught a seven pound, six ounce hybrid largemouth, smallmouth bass, uh, which turns out is a new world record for the hybrid. So congratulations to Wyatt on a great fish. And I guess this shows, you know, a positive in social media commenting for once. Um, and lastly, let's jump back here to Connecticut, uh, where the governor recently signed a bill removing the closed season for trout. So up until now, uh, March 1st through 6 a.m. on the second Saturday in April, uh, which used to be the third Saturday in April, trout season was closed, except for the year-round catch-and-release trout, trout management areas. With the signing of the bill, March 1st through the second Saturday of April, all waters will be open to catch-and-release trout fishing. And a lot of people are happy about this removal of the closed season, uh, but personally I'm not, and that's kind of why I waited to report on this. Um, growing up, I, you know, there was always the anticipation of opening day and I'm hoping that some of that's not lost now with not having a closed season. Um, I also hope that deep will be putting in, um, more restrictions like we currently have on the catch and release only areas as far as gear limits. Uh, and I really hope it doesn't impact opening day, uh, with the availability of all these waters being stocked for opening day now available for catch and release um, prior to that date. So with that, as always, if you have any news, it would be greatly appreciated. You guys have been kind of slacking. Um, so please send some stuff along. Uh, reach out to me at Mike Salter on Facebook or bearded underscore bowhunter21 on Instagram. And with that, enjoy the rest of your ride. Mikey, always keeping us informed, man. Dude, I don't know how I'm surprised he didn't win the duck hunt. Let's not lie. <laughs> you know, so so every time that I'd go and count down, I'm like, oh, please no Mike Salter, please no Mike Salter. No, <laughs> if he won, I would have loved that he did, man. It would have been cool to spend time with him, man. Knockout guy, man. Love us, Mike Salter. So much appreciated, brother. For sure. So getting into today's show, we kind of cover, bounce around, and hit on quite a few different topics. I'll tell you, these boys are full throttle, man. Some some really cool dudes, man. We followed each other for some some time now uh, on Instagram. They were tagging us in some stuff, vice versa. Uh, it, was, it was nice to catch up with these boys and uh, and 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 chit chat with them. I don't think it's going to be the last time you see them with us, and they got a lot of really cool things to offer. So, yeah, well, and I'll tell everyone, like I told them, and like we tell a lot of people, I wish we recorded the two hours we talked yeah. afterwards. The best content comes out when we're done, but out of respect for the brand and the people, sometimes it's better that we just enjoy the memories. Mm -hmm. But God, it was a fun conversation, wasn't it? 
Yeah, it was so cool. And, and to go through, I mean, like, you know, Christian brought us into his garage and showed us his sheds and all of his kills. I mean, this dude's a savage. And, you know, say, same with, you know, I mean, both of them. I mean, they're both savages and killers. And, you know, I can't wait to talk to the other boys that are in the club and, and, and really see what they got going on. I mean, they fucking, they're in big buck capital. They're getting it, man. They flat get, I mean, <laughs> when in your life are you going to get pissed off because you only shot a 150 Ugh. or you're passing 160s? I mean, these guys get it done Yeah, year I mean, after year. Look at Jeremiah coming from the West to come out here. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and, and well, I don't want to get too much into his story because he's got some really cool stories to tell. Yeah. I, I think we ought to just turn it over to them and let them put it in their words. Let's do it. All right, brother. Here we go. Stack, stack. All right, we're back on the line with the boys from Released Outdoors. How you boys doing tonight? Good. How are you Good. doing? Good. Doing all right. We appreciate you guys taking the time to join us, man. I know it's not easy. I appreciate you having us. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a blast. Yeah. So why don't you guys, why don't we turn it on, right? Why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and what you guys do. Go ahead, Jeremiah. All right. I'm uh, Jeremiah Crawford. Uh, from Mon- Plains, Montana, originally. The last five or so years I've lived in uh, South Central Kansas. I uh, came down here to play college baseball and got married to a girl from down here and have been here since and work swing shift at an ethanol plant. That's pretty much the gist. Gotcha. Yes, sir. I'm Christian Miller. I'm from Central Kansas, born and raised here, probably from a town here uh, at all too small uh like jeremiah i also work at ethanol plant work swing shift and that's how we met each other and kind of got started on released outdoors oh yeah well that that's kind of a trend that we're running into is everyone that's in that general area you're working in the gas plants baseball was involved a woman was involved and there <laughs> and there are no big deer around where you're at there's none. Yeah, zero <laughs> big deer. That's the trend we keep hitting. <laughs> That's why we stay here because there's no big deer. <laughs> it's the money. It's the gas money. It's the gas. Yeah, money. and the and the old ladies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two sections or three. <laughs> <laughs> they got it. What they story? Got it. <laughs> that's great. It's, that's our big joke. Like when we travel, like we go to the Iowa Deer Classic and stuff like that, and they'll be like, you know, a not so good looking girl that walks by, and we'll be like, well, if she has two sections, it'll be totally worth it. Oh, <laughs> hey, uh, that's great. I had two guys I went to junior college with. I went to junior college in California, and then they came out here the year before I did, and they were like, dude, you'll love it. Like, crazy parties, all the beautiful women you can look at. 
and he's there like, dude, there's a pretty girl behind every tree in Kansas. And I get out here and there ain't no trees anywhere. <laughs> he didn't lie to you. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> That's Man, I funny. can't wait for our wives to listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> hey, this was pre-marriage. It, it, it's okay. Yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get the green light there. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't you boys go into a little bit of what Released Outdoors actually is and kind of how it got started and kind of what are some of the goals that kind of come along with it? Well, uh I originally, my dad started a page here when I was in high school in like 2008 or nine, and it was just called Hunting Heartland, and it was a bunch of friends and family, nothing big, and then it kind of grew into something a little bit bigger. A lot of deer were on there getting killed that were big. Word of mouth got spread, and then with time, it kind of died off. Dad didn't really feel like doing any more technology getting higher up, and so he just kind of said, screw it, and then... About four, three or four years, I didn't do anything, just kind of did my own thing. And then I met Jeremiah, and, and Jeremiah and I hit it off right away. He's from Montana. He's up north, knows all the elk, all the antelope, everything up there. I knew very little. I knew all the whitetail and turkey down here, and we hit it off from there. And his knowledge feeds off on my knowledge of everything. And we we're kind of like, hey, why don't we get something started, man? You know, let's start brainstorming here. Let's figure out a name. Let's figure out a logo. Let's kind of just start with an Instagram and a Facebook page, and we'll go from there. And we don't post on our Facebook page that much. We just don't blame you. We like Instagram. I mean, Instagram's where it's at with all this stuff. Absolutely. Everyone on there posts everything, and everything that's posted is just freaking gold, it seems like, every time. So we brainstorm for, like, what, a month, Jeremiah, I'd say? Yeah, something like that. we threw out so many ideas and everything just didn't stick and i'm like man you got this you got this you got this like there's really good names out there and there's i mean you guys know there's some names are just freaking (laughs) terrible you're like what what why'd you do that like you made yourself look bad and what you guys do just looks terrible i mean i get the effort and everything which is awesome kudos to whoever you know but and then one night i was laying in bed and i it just I would lay there every night trying to think of stuff that we involve ourselves with either on a bow, a gun, or fishing. Like, what the hell do we use that we can tie into something? And then one night I was laying in bed and I jumped out of bed and I'm like, there it is, a release. Released outdoors. We can use a thumb release. We can use the O for the outdoor part. I got to work. Jeremiah was sitting there and I told him, he's like, oh, man, he drew it up right away and it just stuck. And ever since then, it's just been – it's been going great for us, really. I mean, we did, we didn't expect to be, you know, almost to two thousand followers in just over a year. We yeah, love. I, I'm just glad that that's the way that story went. Because when you <laughs> said I was laying in bed and knowing this was going to released outdoors, <laughs> I was starting to worry. <laughs> yeah, like I faced on Jeremiah, like, hey, we're yeah, no, I didn't go that way. <laughs> no, so I just I had to throw that in. He drew up that logo and I just stared at it. I'm like, dude, this is it. Like, this is going to be legit. I love the logo. You don't see anything like it. Everyone's always trying to put in an animal or, you know, like a fish hook or something. And nothing's wrong with them guys. You know, they all got their own ideas, but you just don't see, you know, archery equipment like that put in with another logo. So 
I, I personally love our logo and we get a lot of freaking compliments on it. So, but Jeremiah, if you got anything to add to that, have at it, man. Well, yeah. And, you know, released outdoors, it, it, we played on the word, obviously, you know, hand a release and then hunting for us is our release. You know, it's what gets us away from our everyday grind. I mean, we work 12 hour shifts days and nights for a month at a time. You know, you go crazy if you don't have something to get your, get your mind space back where it needs to be. And so we wanted to play on that aspect of it too. You know, it's not just hunting, you know, this is our release doing this kind of stuff. This is what keeps us sane. And I mean, you gotta be a little bit crazy to, to hunt. I mean, who, who wants to take vacation where you're putting yourself in higher stress situations than, than what you probably should be. Um, I do. So. <laughs> I do too. Yeah. <laughs> that we definitely wanted to play on that too but yeah that's that's pretty much how that how it all got started we were just like other people are doing it why don't we absolutely yeah what so what are some of the goals that you guys are kind of trying to push forward with released with a released go ahead jeremiah uh well at some point i mean this whole first year was kind of like our trial just to see gauge the success we could have because I mean, we didn't have high dollar camera equipment. We didn't have anything like that to start. And so going forward, you know, we definitely not, we have cameras and things like that. We definitely want to try to start producing film, whether that be, you know, YouTube channel or some sort of streaming uh, and go from there and see, just see if we can do it, you know, and keep pushing ourselves as hunters and go from there. I know we, we got some other goals as well. Uh, we participate this last year, we participated in bow hunting league uh love it gonna, oh yeah, yeah. Bow, bow hunting league is awesome ben harrison those guys over there they're the real deal uh they won't find, won't find better people um and for for me one of my big things with the whole social media thing is i love the networking uh the networking aspect of it uh I, i'm a people person i like to talk to people i like to meet i like i like to everybody's got something I have or can use. And I've got something I think everybody else could use. You know, I'm all about networking and making those relationships. Oh, yeah. Going back on the bow hunting league, man, we, we, we love it too, man. We've kind of jumped oh. on that train also and just being part of that group. And I know Steven's kind of jumped on it. It's made him go over to Facebook from Instagram. Yeah. Well, I, my Facebook has been closed for, let's see, we calculated it. I think it was nine years or something like that. And I literally opened Ooh. it up just, to shoot the one oh, shot. i don't blame you oh. so i put myself in a terrible predicament i have had facebook since i was in junior high like middle school and then i we competed in bow hunting league last year jeremiah actually won one of the rounds like what was it, the 100 yard round jeremiah uh, i won the 85 yard at a five inch circle i actually shot three x's at 85 yards and then yeah. won the actual shot him out right there. Next level deer sups. I won that uh, that prize package. Nice. And uh, awesome. I didn't do the one shot league until the end. I think I shot the hundred yard shot just to do it, and I was a day late. I just wanted to do it and get on there. And then they do the shoot in before the tournament. Well, I shot uh, a couple of days before we went on a striper uh, trip, and I think I shot one X and then I was like two eights or three eights off shot my way into a tournament to a four seed. And I'm like, oh, Hey, here we go. You know? And I won my first round and then I lost the second round and I can't think of the man's name, but Derek he Paul. won the whole, yes, he won the whole thing last year. Great guy. 
dude can shoot lights out. Like I'm, I was like, as soon as I lost, I told Jeremiah, I'm like, dude, that the guy that beat me is going to win. He's like, no, you know, the guy that beat me is going to win it. You know, that goes. Well, I made but, it to uh, the elite eight or the, I mean, yeah, elite eight. No, I think final or final four. Yeah. I made the final yeah. four and yeah. ended up losing to Travis Moose. But, and then, so Travis and Derek ended up being in the finals and then they beat both of us. So, yeah. I was like, whatever, you know, well, I'm not going to be mad about it. the guy shoots lights out, but so I was going to do it this year and I didn't think things through. And I actually deleted my Facebook account a few months before because I was just, you know, I'm tired of the politics and the arguing and everything on Facebook. So I'm like, I'm done with it. My wife don't have it. So what do I need it for? And now I'm sitting here going. Okay. So lesson learned. I went and yeah. thought I had to start a new one. Just go in there and put in your old username and password and it'll open your account right back up. Yep. I, I was like, are you yeah. kidding me? I was actually kind of pissed. I had all of my stuff from like 2008 <laughs> still on there. I was like, yeah. holy crap, this is bad. Yeah. So much for deleting I, shit. I think we talked to Ben here a few weeks ago. Like, hey, is there any way we can figure out a way to where I can do the one shot or still participate in the bow hunting league without having Facebook? And he's like, yeah, you can still compete. Uh, we'll just have Jeremiah like upload everything like my – deer kill if I kill on score sheet and all that. But the one-shot league, I hadn't really figured it out. I could have Jeremiah go live for me, but I may we may try shooting our way into a tournament. We haven't really talked about it, but I like doing that just because it knocks people off the pedestal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it's always interesting. You know, guys shoot all year, and there's some guys that shoot, like can shoot freaking bows in this league. It's unreal. And there's some guys that shoot hammer deer. I was just going to say – there's some, there's oh, some man. just closet guys that just come out of nowhere, just have shoot, just mega giants. Yeah, it's like, where did they come from? Like they're not on social media, they don't do none of that stuff. They just come out of nowhere and they just. They, ben was saying when we did the podcast with them that they're they're these guys they'll shoot three or four bucks and they'll average for like one sixty. Yeah, the yeah, king it's, of time. it's unreal. That's that's goals right there. I would love to like one year make or like try to compete in king of tines and just just see what you could do yeah yeah Which, i don't i i can shoot five our, deer in virginia and not have enough inches to compete <laughs> <laughs> i have family out in virginia actually what part oh man i knew he was gonna ask that do they, do they have hunting land no they, <laughs> they don't. they're actually uh i think they may be anti-hunters to be honest with you so well, uh, not, maybe not because my cousin actually uh, shot the airsoft for West Virginia for D one there. So okay. maybe they're not. I don't. I don't know. Hey, you never know. Yeah, I have to look into that for you though. Yeah, <laughs> land is land, man. Out here, absolutely. <laughs> That's what I say. If I can hunt five acres out here, I'm gonna hunt it. I don't care. Yep. That, that could be some of the best hunting around five acres. Oh, the so my dad killed. 185 inch deer this year. I mean, just a slammer, a typical 10. Uh, he's never killed. He's, I think he's killed a couple of 140s. The dude has had a black cloud over his head for 30 years of bow hunting. Like, I've never seen anything like it in my life. And he got, you know, a hard time by everyone for years. And he just kind of laughed, brushed it off. And then a couple of us were talking before the season last year, like, hey, He's going to be the one that shoots 180-inch deer this year. Dane, the guy that's with us, my cousin on release, uh, he's the one that said it. And 
he was so my dad was hunting by our town here real real close like 175 inch deer like a city limit deer and we live in a town of 300 people it's tiny and his camera went off that night he got an alert he has a cell camera and he sends me a picture he says what do you think of this deer i'm like that's 170 plus inch deer why are you hunting over there well push come the shove old man left his bow in the tree stand on the hanger and couldn't go hunt till that evening and hunted that evening. And I talked to Dane a couple hours before he was going out. He was actually on a giant and then my dad was, and then my phone rang at that killing time. And yep. I knew, right, I didn't pick, I didn't even look at my phone. I knew right away. I'm like, it's either Dane or it's my dad and they kill a giant. And I was, I was hoping it was Dane, but I was really hoping it was the old man. I looked and said, dad, and I'm like, I answered right away. And he's like, you know, excuse my language. He's fucking dead. And I'm like, Oh yeah. No way. He's like, he's dead in the field. I'm like, no way. I said, do you realize what you just did? He's like, what? I'm like, you just killed the largest deer you'll probably ever shoot in your life. I'm like, I mean, bless the man's heart. He's not in the best of shape and he's got a disease that makes it real difficult for him to hunt. So it was a very emotional deal deal for me and a bunch of us. Awesome. And we got out there to it and, he waited for all of us to get there. He didn't even go look, nothing. He just, he's like, I sat truck and I waited and we got to it and hit the light on it. And I was like 170 inch deer. What are you talking about? This deer's 180 every day. And he's like, what? I said, this deer's 180 inches. I promise you we're going to put a tape on this deer and you're going to know it. Granted, it's not about the score and everything. It's the memories, you know, love that. Especially for a man that's had a black cloud. But when I freaking hold this deer and I'm like, you you have no idea what you just did man and right. we tallied up the score in the garage there and i hit enter and everyone looked at me and i turned around with my eyes as big as softballs and they're like what 179 177 i said 185 and three eighths they're like what giant i mean he would net boon easily but just a freaking stud of a deer that's incredible and it was on a small it, piece of property too yeah, it was a it was a little uh, cattle pasture. It it was unreal. It's what Jeremiah, you think, fifty acres? Yeah, it ain't very large. If that, uh, 30, 30, 40 acres of of overgrown cattle pasture, like nothing nothing crazy in there. When we drive by it and look at, it, like I'm like, oh, you killed deer out of that. And then as soon as he posted, I had three or four guys meshing me that hunted around there. Man, we had a lot of pictures of that deer. We didn't even know your dad was hunting over here. <laughs> like, he just got permission on it this year and threw up one stand in there and, and killed it. Like, that, and that, that's the thing with Kansas, too. You don't know what's around the next tree. You got to hunt. That's They're everywhere. Nuts. Wow. Yeah. Like, especially for me being from Montana, I think that's why, like, hunting here is so exciting to me because you literally – I mean, you bang the antlers together in November – you never know what is going to come your way. And yeah, absolutely. It's, it's unreal. That's awesome, man. I mean, you can't the majority of the deer on my wall are deer that I've never even seen before. You know, one or two of them I knew, but I hadn't seen them that year. And then they show up in my shoe and I'm like, where the hell have you been all year? You know? Yep. Yeah. You guys have those true transient deer down there that travel those corridors for long distances. Yeah. That deer I, that my dad shot. It traveled within a four-mile radius. Jeez. Because the guys that were messing me, I'm like, well, where are you hunting? And, he, and the guy would tell me, and I'm like, dude, that's like two and a half miles the other way. And then I had another kid mess me, and 
he would tell me where he's at. And it was two miles the other way of that. And I'm like, what the hell's going on here? Like what that deer got around. It's, it's crazy too. Cause I've been on the, I've spoke to some biologists and stuff down here where they do a lot of whitetail studies and just in like Eastern versus Western Kansas, where they have collared deer and they're saying, you know, a deer in Eastern Kansas might move three or four miles a day. And you get out to Western Kansas where the deer are putting on 10 to 12 miles a day just to get what they need, you know, whether it be feed, water, or whatever. I mean, that's it's crazy how far deer will actually move when you think about it. Yeah. That's nuts. It's, it's especially with, you know, crops. Who's got the thing is who has the better crops? If you got a better crop field on your ground, then deer are gonna move two miles and go to you. Absolutely. Like if you've got a if you got a good bean field, you know, early season, them deer are on it. You got good alfalfa and you got uncut corn. They're hiding in the corn and going to the alfalfa or the beans. Yep. It's, a, it's yep. just unreal. I mean, even like the one, one of the pieces of property I hunt, uh, last, not this last shed season, the shed, shed season before, you know, we had some really good alfalfa fields and we picked up, it was like 45 antlers and we walked it twice, you know, and they were all fresh. And then this year they went away from alfalfa just because it, it was time to go away from it. And we might've picked up 15 antlers out there this year, just because we didn't have the yeah. crops. Yeah. And that was unreal to me, you know, being from here and then you guys go walk it. And I just seen the ground this turkey season. I'm like, dude, I'm mind blown. This is some of the best, you know, stuff around down in this area. Probably. How'd you guys pick up? Not, you know, not enough antlers and, Turns out there's no crops there. MD, it, it's it's a crop game here. It's unreal. Crop, CRP, and if you got some thick timber by a river or creek ground, you're, you're going to kill 150-plus inch deer. I guess you'd call it a crop shoot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. And let's we get back on that bow hunting league last year, huh, Jeremiah? <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we're going to claim to be like the UCF of – the bow hunting league because we yes. should have had that we should have had it won honestly we like we it was such a shot in the foot to us because dane we it was me dane and jeremiah on uh the first released outdoor scene which we're going to do two teams this year because we got like six or seven guys that are going to be killing good hopefully killing good whitetails this year and uh Dane was after a giant. I was after a giant. Jeremiah was after a giant. And I'm like, dude, if we all three kill our hitless deer, we got this in the back. There's no doubt. So we, you know, we hunted hard. And the deer I was after ended up leaving during a rut and going somewhere else, getting killed by the neighbor. So I had, I guess you consider a bonus buck come through the morning of November 10th. And I was in the air with it. I'm like, I don't know if I want to shoot this deer, you know, like, I just caught a glimpse of him. I know he's coming right at me. He's like 100 yards away. So I send Jeremiah a Snapchat. <laughs> he's in the tree stand. And I'm like, dude, what do you think? And he's like, what are you doing? Get off the phone. <laughs> he's like, shoot this deer. I'm like, uh, okay. I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. And he, he works down this scrape line to me. And I, I hit him with the grunt call one time and he comes right at me and, and uh, postures up. And I'm wondering, why is he posturing up? Well, another buck slipped in behind me when I was watching him. And I drew back. 10 ringed him at like 10, 15 yards, I'd say, and he ran 70 yards, piled up. No blood at all. I was so worried. I'm like, there's no blood here. What the hell's going on? I walked between two cedars where he didn't come out and he was laying there. And then in what? Night, Jeremiah, right? Say that again. 
your deer the next was it the next evening because yeah, he drove just... back two and a half hours to take pictures with me of my deer and not hunt that evening and then he was going to continue his uh work vacation to hunt down there yeah so the next evening i had like four or five really good deer on camera this last year and uh i mean 160 was, plus and this last year it was november 11th and i hadn't seen i'd hunted hundreds of hours i'm sitting in the stand and I'm like, man, it's hot. And it was like nothing but like three-year-old bucks were coming. I was getting so tired of seeing immature deer. I'd like stand up and yell at them, like, leave me alone. <laughs> and that evening I'm sitting there and all of a sudden I have like out of nowhere, six little bucks just dogging this doe out in front of me. And I'm like, great, more little bucks, just what I wanted. And I'm sitting there and then this truck, one of the roads on the piece of ground I hunt is there's county roads. So this truck drives down the road, stops, starts looking at all these deer. Well, they just all take off running, except for this little eight and this doe. And I had hear a grunt and it's I'm like, okay, like where are you at? Just that real deep guttural raspy grunt. And I look down the tree row and he's so I just see like six or seven inch brows and then just main beams. I can't see any tines. Like I'm like, oh crap, like here he comes. And so I draw and he's walking and he ends up coming like right underneath me, like seven yards. And we're talking like 170 plus inch typical. And I shoot him at seven yards and then we follow blood for 300 yards that night and back out. Cause we never found a, never found a bed, never found my, or I guess we did find my arrow, but no bed, nothing blood for 300 yards. And then it just stopped. And I'm like, Oh man. So Grant, this out. is like a 170-inch nine-point. Yeah, giant. Like, I can send you guys a trail cam pictures. It's like, unreal big. Yeah, we're talking like 24 inches wide, just slob. And uh, <sighs> I back out, go back in the next morning, and me and my buddy that I hunt that ground with, and we're looking, and we get – the na both neighbors give us permission to go look in there, so I'm super thankful for that. And uh, I end up finding them on the neighbors probably like – and probably another half mile away from where we stopped trailing him and big rolling hills and i see him go down into this draw and i'm like well i'm like he's wind was just howling that day i'm like he's gonna be down in that draw getting out of the wind with that doe so i go up there i peek over and he's bedded that doe's standing up and they just bust out of there just hauling the mail out of that draw and he didn't didn't limp didn't miss a step and I went and I checked his bed. There's no blood, nothing. And so I just hit no man's land and he just clotted up overnight. And I actually had trail camera pictures of him after he'd shed. So I know he's still alive, but so that was a heartbreaker. And then I continued to hunt the, <laughs> the remainder of the season. And, uh, is the last day of bow season in Kansas. It's like December 30th. And I'm like, man, I got to get out. I've got this ground blind set up on like a five acre patch of trees. I'm like, man, I got to go out there. So I go out there and sure enough, this other deer I had pictures of all, all summer long from velvet season, all, hunt, all hunting season long. He shows back up, you know, the last day. And I end up shooting him that morning. And he's like, a, he's 150 inch nine with an extra. And you say that like it's not a big deal. Yeah, no, I'm like, <laughs> well, and we were trying to decide, like, yeah, I was. He was skeptical on it. I'm like, dude, it's a late season deer. I'm like, I'm like, let's get this deer on the ground. 
we get in there, we set up a blind. He borrows one of my uh, cell cameras. And I'm like, dude, just let the cell camera do its thing, you know. Like, it's going to let you know when that deer's there and when he's coming in. And and uh, I'm skeptical on hunting uh, mornings in late season just because of food. Jeremiah's all about it. I don't late season hunt a lot if I can. Obviously, I shoot my deer in November when I can and I'm done. Like, But when you got to grind it out, you got to grind it out. He was grinding out. He had a tough season, even through turkey season before that, the poor guy. Yeah. I'm just like, this yeah. kid's never going to catch a break. And he sh- I tell him that morning, before the night before, I said, dude, I'm going to be sleeping. Don't freaking call me unless you yeah, shoot We were working nights, I'm pretty sure. And that was like our first day like off. Yeah, and he just gets off work, jumps in the blind. I'm like, don't call me unless you shoot a deer. And I get a, I roll over out of bed, and I got 27 missed phone calls from him and five from my <laughs> wife. I'm like, what is going on? And I read a text from my wife, and she's like, you need to call Jeremiah. He shot that nine. I'm like, you're, you're, you're fucking kidding me. No way. I call him. He's like, dude, I've been trying to call you. I'm like, no shit, 27 missed phone calls. I get it. What's up? I shot that nine. I'm like, no freaking way. You know, I'm jacked for him. Finally, I'm like, I'm like, well, how'd the shot look? He's like, dude, I hammered him. A big mule kick, everything. I'm like, okay, sweet. I haul ass out there. It's freaking cold. It's like zero out, like negative. I'm like, dude, this sucks. Why'd you come hunt? He's like, we need to kill a dude. It's the last day. I'm like, I get it, man. Look, find a bunch of blood and – it just goes south from there. So go ahead yeah. with that, Jeremiah. So we follow blood again for like 300 yards. And then we got permission from the neighbor to go out and look. And we go out there and we go and we follow blood the entire way. It runs across the road, goes in the neighbor's ground and goes out to this just big open pasture and blood stops again. And I'm like, no freaking way. And so me and Christian walk, I bet we walked like almost 30 miles, like gridding that pasture, oh, just looking for this deer and nothing. I, I went and got a blood dog, couldn't find them. We flew with drones, couldn't find them. And so I'm just like, great, you know, like I shot two good deer and I didn't get to get, didn't get to claim either of them. And shed season comes around, comes along and I'm actually down where I shot the first deer that lived. And I get a text message and there's no cell phone service at all down there. And it's the neighboring farmer. And he goes, Hey dude, I found your deer. And I'm like, no way. And so he was actually nice enough to return it to me. But yeah. So that was a heartbreaker. That's why that deer's not on our page, but at least I have them now. Uh, yeah. And it didn't count for nice the bow deer. league. And it didn't count for the bow league. Yeah. So that happens. And then we have Dane on our team. And Dane's just a giant killer. This is what the kid does. He will freaking figure out a deer from two years prior, and that's what he does. In three years when that deer's five, I'm shooting that deer. When he's six, I'm shooting that deer. That's how he is. It's how, and it's how it should be. And he finds the sheds to him. That kid has more sheds. He's got a world-class shed collection. And, I mean, you hardly, you, you've probably seen the picture on our page of that pile. That's half of it. That's like his small to medium-sized antlers. The kid has like an 88-inch one side, a couple of 80s, just hammer of sheds. That's what he does. He finds 100 sheds every year, every year. I don't – I think the last 10 years, I haven't seen a number under 100 with him. 
He's wow. dedicated and he's freaking good. But he's sending me Snapchats of like 160s walking by him. Yeah, it was like, stupid. I'm like, I'm like, dude, you realize if we all shoot a 150, we win bow hunting league. And here he is letting 160s walk. Yeah. He's yeah. like, I'm after a bigger one. I'm like, I get it. I'm like, have you seen him? He's like, no, he's with the doe somewhere. I'm like, then shoot a 160. I'm like, just pull the freaking bow back, man. He's like, no. And I'm glad he didn't because like two nights later, he sends me a picture and he, and then he calls me. I'm like, what's up? And he's like, dude, I seen him. Though. It was a big flyer, but like this deer is 180, every bit of 180, 170, 180, just a slop. And uh, he's like, I finally seen him tonight. I'm like, how big is he? He's like, he, uh, he's like, I'm definitely going to shoot him if he comes in range. And he sees him that night, sees him the next night, sees him the next night, can't get him killed. And while this is all happening, he's sending me Snapchats of 160s. I think one deer is probably 165-inch 10-point at like 10 yards walking by him. And he's like – and he finally snapped me the one time and said, dude, I think I fucked up. I'm like <laughs> yeah, yeah man like that deer he's, he's it's walking away and he's like man I don't know he's like they always look bigger when they walk away but he's like dude that dude looks like a freaking stud I'm like I'm gonna freaking kill you dude he's got a 172 on the wall 168 inch eight mainframe eight with stickers a bunch of 160s like I get it he hunts good ground too like I understand why you don't want to shoot 160s because you want to shoot 180s, but that kid's going to shoot his hammer one of these days, I promise you guys. I mean, I think we all – I think this year is going to get really interesting for at least outdoors. There's going to be a lot of guys that are going to have some good deer on camera. So, I'm excited. I'm pumped. I'm bored because it's freaking not deer – any kind of hunt season. I'm ready to pull my hair out. I'm like – but we just signed a – a contract for a nice new piece of property and uh we get to make step foot in there in what two or three weeks jeremiah yeah end of the month so, yeah end of this month so work's going to start there and it's pretty good stuff it's some of the best stuff i've ever been in so when you say that like work starts like what are you going to do to prep that new farm that you haven't been on yet or uh well we actually got permission from the landowner to shed hunt it. He let us shed. We walked it one day and, and shed hunted it. And we picked up one antler and the antler wasn't bad. But as we were walking it, we could just, we were already, our heads are going crazy. Like we want, we're going to put one or two gravity feeders in there, right, Jeremiah? Yeah. One or two gravity feeders on each end. It's, it's the access is what's so nice. The access is great because the bedding is in the middle of the place you can tell. So we can be able to work outside in compared to having to go all the way in there and bump them out of bed. But we're going to probably throw up two or three cameras right away. We're going to get in two feeders, I'd say. Uh, I was actually headed up there last night and then couldn't make it up there to see if they had planted any alfalfa on it. But there's crops all around the place, so we need to figure that out too. But we got a couple ideas of mine. We're going in pretty well blindfolded here, but I'm not too nervous about it. We can figure it out with our brains. Are you guys allowed to bait through season or is it just supplemental feeding on off season? Uh, Kansas season. You can feed year round. Only on uh, private. You can't do yeah. it on public. You can't bait on public. Do you think that that's a beneficial thing or a negative thing? Uh, uh, I think it depends. I mean, to me, there's a huge difference, between, obviously, between supplemental feeding and baiting. Um, 
because there's a lot of guys, a lot of guys in Kansas are like, I mean, they're corn pile hunters. They're just going to dump corn and they're going to sit over it. Me, I, I don't enjoy hunting corn. I don't enjoy hunting over bait. I, like, I supplemental feed to help my herd. You know, it's free choice feed. If I have a feeder on a piece of ground, I'm not hunting over that feeder. That's there to give my herd everything they need, whether it's lactating does, whether it's promoting antler growth, whether it's promoting, you know, flea and tick repellent. Uh, I'm, I'm feeding to help, you know, my herd. I'm not hunting over that by any means. I think no. that's the, I think that's what a lot of people get confused, you know, when they're like, Oh, well, you got a feeder on your ground. I no, I don't bait. I feed deer. I help grow deer. I look out for my herd, you know, cause regardless especially in states that are low agriculture. I come from Montana where you it's, you can't supplemental feed, you know, you can't bait, you can't do any of that. So deer never really reach their genetic potential in a lot of areas because they don't have what they need. So here I want, if I have a 140 inch, you know, three-year-old, I want that deer to hit his genetic potential as a five-year-old and see what he can do, whether I kill him or I find his sheds. I've actually never killed a deer over, a bait pile in Kansas. I've bow hunted since I was 11 years old, like 2007, I think. I've been doing this for 10 plus years at least. And I've got like eight or nine deer on the wall, I'd say, all killed with a bow, except one. I killed one with a gun. And I've never killed any of them deer over a bait pile. I just, it's just, it's not for me. I mean, it, everyone can do what they want, obviously. And I'm not going to dog on anyone, but. I've had bad luck with it because when deer come in there at dark and you're trying to get out of the stand, they're going to know something's wrong. So I don't hunt over them, but I've killed majority of my deer in November. I, I'm a November guy. I love November. Second week in November for me. And those, and those, like the tactics that you're using in November, like, are you, are you calling, rattling? Like, what do you, what, what does a normal sit make for you? Like, oh, I, I rely on a lot of my trail cameras. I, I mean, I run trail cameras heavy um, and then scrapes and rubs. I'm a big, I'll get into where they're making their scrapes. I'll set a camera on scrape and I'll sit there. I try to figure, I try to pattern that deer to where I think he's going with the does. I mean, if the does are bedded in this area and there's no bucks, obviously then bucks are going to work through to their scrapes to the does and bump does out of beds to breed them. But when I'm sitting in that stand, cold morning, I love a cold morning hunt. I'm a big front guy. Love hunting fronts. I'm a pay, I pay big attention to pressure systems. I've killed a lot of deer off cold fronts and when pressure's rising and everything. Uh, a lot of I, – I rattle, you know, I rattle two or three times a set, depending on how long I'm sitting. Right when I get in the stand, I hit them. I grunt, do all that. I, but normally I just – wherever them deer are moving through with the trail cameras i hunt there and then of course my winds i'm a big wind guy i got i hunt heavily on what way the wind's blowing i do not go into a property unless the wind is perfect if the my wind's gonna blow into a bedding area if i'm checking a trail camera i don't go i don't don't bump any of that i hate it what about you, Jeremiah, coming from the West to, to the Midwest? What was some of the struggles that you kind of went through when you started hunting in the Midwest? Oh, man, definitely patience. Like being a Midwest or not, <laughs> being a Western spot and stock guy where, you know, I'm always like, well, what's over the next ridge, you know? And I bow, I bow hunted in Montana, but and Christian, Christian will attest to this because he went up there for spring bear for the first time. But like rifle hunting in the Midwest is – 
like shooting fish in a barrel to me. Like deer are going to come out and it doesn't matter where they're at. I can kill them if I've got a gun and if they're on the right and they're on my property. So making the adjustment coming from Montana where I can always go over the next bridge or over the next hill. And it's a constant, you know, I'm, I'm always looking versus I have to sit here and wait and try to call the deer to me. It, it was like playing chess and checkers, you know, uh, it was going from a way more, I would say aggressive, like fast paced style of hunting to a much more reserved, um, uh, method, methodological, um, type of hunting. Yeah. And that's the same struggles I had coming from Arizona and coming out here to Virginia. I was like, wait, you mean you're limited to this little, this 20 acres? You can't just go. <laughs> yeah. Like, I this mean, sucks. <laughs> like if I can't see like at least a hundred acres from my tree stand, I'll go crazy. Like, and you'll, if you, I mean, all my tree stands are set up that way. Like I don't have a tree stand where a deer is just going to be on me and I'm going to be like, Oh man, like he's in my lap. Like if I have a tree <laughs> stand wish. set up, I can see, you know, like I'm setting my stands up where I can see these deer coming or I can at least see them and make an effort to call to them. Yeah. And that's, and that's from the Western hunting side yeah. that kind of got to you. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I guess Christian's probably opposite to that, right? Yeah, if I can get a deer on my lap, he's sitting on my lap and I'm petting his head. That's how I am. I am I'm in the rut. I'm like, if I know you guys are in there bedding, I'm going to throw a stand up early season. I'm not going to hunt that stand until rut. And then I get in there and I'll kill a deer. That's I hunted a 180-inch deer. I've hunted 280-inch deer. That's just completely damn near made me go bald. And... The last one I hunted, I had named Titus. You've probably seen on the page them big velvet picks. And uh, that deer, I knew he was in there all summer. The f That was the first year I hunted it, and then I went in there blind. And then, the, like, the first two pictures I got of actual deer was that deer growing in velvet. I looked at my wife. I'm like, this is going to be a 160-plus. She's like, how do you tell? It's just got, you know, three or four-inch beams. I'm like, because it's so early in the summer right now. Like, they, this deer's already packed on so much. I stayed out of there for like a month, month and a half, went in there and checked cameras, and there he was just freaking growing. And I sent him pictures and Dane, and they're like, what the hell's about to happen here? And I hunted that deer so much and so smart. Like, I normally will get in there and hunt, you know, quite a bit as much as I can that year. I would not go in there unless I knew he was in there or the wind was absolutely perfect and the conditions were perfect. And November 9th, it was colder than hell. I was freaking freezing. My eyelids, my eyes were watering from the wind and my eyelids would freeze shut at the same time. Yeah. And I'm like, this is stupid. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to shoot this deer if it comes out. And three o'clock I had, a one buck come by that I knew like 130 inch eight another buck come by that I knew 130 inch I think he's another eight or nine and then I seen something come out of the cedars and I was texting my dad and Dane at the same time I'm like man I said I think there's a big deer over here and uh I think one of them's like well hit the grunt see what happens I grunted one time and sure as shit he stepped out and I have never seen a whitetail this caliber like frame wise this deer was 24 25 inches wide and was a typical six on one side five on the other 100 and someone actually killed him sadly in during gun season and he went 184 
Jeez. as a typical. And when he walked out, I was just like, what do I do? <laughs> I didn't I didn't grab my bow. I just stared at him. <laughs> and he was like 60 yards. I'm like, oh hey, dumbass, you know, grab your bow. Let's go. Get in the game. And he come around a cedar and and uh I grunted at him one time and he looked at me right at me, just straight dead my way. And I'm a firm believer, don't ever grunt at a deer. I turn my head and grunt away. I when they freaking can pinwheel you like that, you're screwed. And I turned away and everything. And he just looked right at the tree and I'm like, what the hell just happened? And he starts working right at me. And he's working on a trail that's a 20 yard trail. I I don't grab my range finder, nothing. I know right away. I'm like, if he's coming, he's dead right here at 20. And you can literally hear the ladder of the freaking stand shaking because I'm shaking so much. <laughs> I'm cold. I have so much adrenaline. And this is one of this is the largest whitetail I've seen on the hoof that I've hunted. I'm like, figure it out. I'm sitting there not looking at the deer, trying to calm myself. And uh, he works down and I range him and he's at 42. And I'm like, I'll shoot him at 40, no problem. But I got a freaking branch blowing up and down right in front of me and i'm like why didn't i cut that one limb why did i not cut that limb <laughs> i know you're sorry yes a doe jumps up out of the crp right there 15 yards from him and takes off and he freaking chases her and i'm like that's what he was locked on hitting me yeah locks onto her so and he but he runs to the front of the property where my truck's parked at the farm i walk three quarters of a mile the complete opposite direction and i'm texting my wife hey i managed to come pick me up she's like what do you mean i'm like i don't want to go get my truck because the deer's in here right now it's parked in the round top i said i don't want to start the truck and bump them out of there so i work up there around there and i drive my truck out and i hunted two mornings later and uh i hunted a stand exactly where he come from that day that i seen and that morning i hunted and i told myself like, if you're gonna kill this deer you gotta kill him right there when daylight's breaking i got in the stand like two hours earlier than when i normally get in there and i get set up bundled up and shooting lights coming up and i can hear a deer coming and he's working like a 10 yard trail comes up the creek bank gets in front of me and i can just tell it's a giant deer i'm like this deer's big grab my bow but i can't tell i'm not 100 percent sure it's him i don't want to screw up shoot the wrong deer and you know, do something bad. So I decide I'm like, okay, I'm not going to shoot him. He walks 150 yards to where one of my cameras is over his scrape. And it was him. And I didn't shoot. I'm like, man, this deer, he just drew, drove me crazy. And I had trespassing problems all year. I had people trespassing. there trying to kill the deer. I'm like, I would literally see people in orange during gun season standing out there. And I'd go ask him, you know, what the hell are you doing? Well, we're hunting. Why? Well, we got permission on this field. No, you don't. I do, man. And then they ask me, you seen this big, giant, 180-inch deer? No, I haven't. No. What are you talking about? Like, I'm not going to tell you I have. But Biggest yeah, thing here is 120. <laughs> yeah. yeah there's, no, like, there's no big deer in Kansas. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I was going to say, you're going to have every East Coast person known possible shipping it off to Kansas to go hunting after this podcast. Yeah, you, exactly. you, can't, you can't throw a rock and hit a piece of ground you can hunt around where we're at. It is unreal. It is bad. What is it? Just everything all private least. and least? Everything, yeah. yeah. It's it's turned into a money game out here. We knew 10 years ago, you know, if you didn't have deep pockets, you're not going to hunt unless you want to hunt public or walking out here. 
Yep. And I have hunt, I hunted a piece of ground for 10 years and love the property. I found that big set of sheds off of it this year. And uh, the farmer's like, I'm leasing it out to someone else. And I'm like, I've hunted, we're family friends. I've hunted for 10 years. I'm like, you're not even going to ask me if I want to lease it. And he's like, nope, I've already got the offer. Oh, Heartbreak city. But it is what it is. You know, we, you got to grind out here. If you want, if you want to kill big deer, you're either going to get really lucky on public or you're going to have to have super deep pockets in a really nice farmer. Is that, that was is, probably, go ahead. No, 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 you go. I was going to say, that was probably like the second biggest adjustment for me coming from Montana where basically you can go wherever you want. You know, there's yep. voodoo or boo, like huge amounts of pub, public ground in Montana. And then you come to Kansas and they're like, hey, yeah, the state's 99.6% privately owned and you can't even fish off a bridge without trespassing. And I'm like, are you, what? Like, yeah, it's illegal. Yeah. It's crazy. It's insane. Yeah. It's, it's bad. I mean, it's, and then you got, there's a lot of bow hunters there and there's a lot of gun hunters and gun hunters mow them down. I mean, mm-hmm. they don't care. They shoot whatever. And so that sucks. Every now and then you got a, you got a couple of gun hunters out here that shoot good deer, know what they're doing. They're really nice guys. And I'm like, you know, talking shit to any of the gun hunters. I just don't gun hunt. That's not for me. Like Jeremiah said, shooting fish in a barrel out here. And I like a bit of a challenge. So I just don't do it. But it's it's crazy to me. I know guys that go out there and shoot 120 inch deer and be completely happy, which that's great. You know, if they're happy at the end of the day and they killed 120 inch deer, sure. I'm not mad about that. But when they're mad because they can't grow a big deer on their property, I'm like, man, you shot a two year old three-year-old 120-inch deer that you could have let live to be 150, 160, two more years. That's your own fault, guy. But yep. it is what it is. It, but back to the land thing, it's it's unreal. I've lived here 27 years all my life, and I it just gets worse and worse. And this is the first year, actually, where we had to break down and, and pay for property. But it is what it is. If I want to keep doing this, I got to do it. I got to bite the bullet. And the public's not, not like, worth going and hunting? Not – in, in in our area in central, there's very limited. There's what four there's or like, five pieces. I was yeah, I was gonna say two or three. I mean, and we went and walked yeah. one of them this year. Um, yeah, and and it looked good. I just don't know what the pressure on that piece is like, you know. And the, the crazy thing about like hunting public in Kansas, like if you hang a stand in Kansas, you're supposed to bring it down. So say you leave your stand up, it is not against the law for somebody else to go in and use your equipment and hunt out of it, and you can't do anything about it. So you could, you know, try to be, try to do everything the right way and go out and put your stand up and hunt it the next day. But even, even that's frowned upon. And then who's to say you get out there and there's not already somebody in your stand, you know? Well, that's yes. what they make saddles for. Yeah. Honestly, if I was going to hunt public in Kansas, I would, I would recommend doing it with a saddle. Yeah, we because that conversation has been talked about between him and I. If you know, if we want to do some kind of out of state public hunting somewhere, you know, I think we need to saddle hunt. It's it's the way to go. It's smart. It's so we we did it in Ohio this year, and it was it just made it work. Like where yeah, you're going into a piece of property, and you know, like we're chasing sign. So like I would go down. I was down a couple of days earlier, and it was happened to rain. So it was like 
kind of like a gung-ho kind of thing. Like just go down there in the rain, scout, see what's up. And then we would go in there, saddle hunt. And if it worked, it worked. And then if not, we'd move to another piece of property, but it just made it so easy for us to shuffle around and not have to worry about it. And we can get into any tree. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. One of the negative things that we did find about saddle hunting too is, is you tend to leave your shit at the base of the tree after you kill a big deer. <laughs> no, 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 talking not just, from experience. Oh, sorry. Yeah, but. that was me. I left my, I left all my shit in the tree still. <laughs> oh shit! I was just like, I, I happened get- to go back and hunt the same area the next day. I was like, uh, dude, you left your platform here. You left a stick here. Here's here's a glove and a flashlight. <laughs> I, I just lost it what, whatever um that that was just because i shot a big deer and i was like well the hunt's over i can go home now like yeah. who cares what i bring yeah. yeah so much going on but w- with the whole saddle hunting thing is just you one thing i did learn that was kind of a negative is like when you're when you're hanging and banging like that like you get up in these trees in the middle of the in, in the middle of the darkness and you go to yeah. shoot and there's no cut lane. lane is yeah yeah that's one of the negatives that would be that's what would make it difficult in kansas one we don't have like the good cottonwood trees everywhere or whatever else trees i don't know my trees very well but we've got cedars we got locust trees and then freaking locust uh, trees good luck (laughs) yeah and then freaking locust trees out here are unreal with thorns did Mm -hmm. that property jeremiah something that's I what I was walked, just about to say. I we walked into it this it. year. Yeah, we hanged and banged it, and and it was successful. He could have killed a 135-inch deer. Opening, opening day. It. Opening day, I'm like, dude, you can hammer him. No problem. He's like, that's eh, first day of season. I'm like, I get it. I said, but this wasn't unsuccessful. I'm literally sitting there in the stand midway through the hunt, and I look down and around, and I'm like, dude, this is poison oak. What's poison oak? Being from Montana, he don't have that. Uh-huh. I'm like – Oh, my, I'm highly allergic to it. I'm allergic to every, I'm allergic to my own sweat for Christ's sake. I'm like, Oh my God, dude, I'm, I'm ready to get down. Like I'm starting to itch. I'm, I don't need to be itching. And he's, he's just sitting there like, oh, it's not a big deal. I'm like, I'm never hunting here again, dude. I'm never filming you in here again. And I, and two days later I'm at work and I, and I take off my FR and it's just poison oak and poison mm-hmm. ivy all over my arms. And he's just sitting there laughing at me. And I'm like, dude, fuck you. I'm never <laughs> yeah. that property again. Oh, yeah. It sucked. Well, see, and it's funny. But, when, yeah. when I moved out here, I didn't. I could roll in the stuff, and it didn't phase me. And nine years later, if I brush against it, it's like, pop, there it is. Yeah, it's, and it sucks. Well, I guess there's nothing you can do about it. You put so much creams and everything on it, the shit still stays. It, it sucks. And he didn't get any of it. And he was the one that was in it cutting all the limbs. And I'm like, dude, you're a dick. Like, <laughs> no, no. The Montana that just, for a few years. That just means you know who needs to do all the limb cutting from now on. That's you sit far. there and point it out. Let him do the work. Yeah. He's like, so we've been talking about going in there and mowing and getting stuff started for the season. And, and, uh, He's like, dude, I'm going to hunt out of that stand that's right there. And I know that there's poison oak going up the tree. And I said, I'm going to give you some chemical and you're going to spray that entire tree. I don't care if it kills the tree. I don't care anything, dude. Freaking kill the poison oak. I'll hunt with you out of it. And he's like, okay, yeah, I can do that. So we'll see how that goes. Jeez, that's crazy. This sucks. I hate it. (laughs) I'm not allergic to it, so I don't really know. Or I haven't been allergic to it anyways. 
I liked you until you said that. (laughs) Man. But it would suck because you would think that you're not allergic to it. Then you actually get it. That's when you get it. It's like, what the hell is this? Yeah, it was like in a way. 12 years old and I had it. I was playing baseball and I had it in my eyeball, like Ooh. all over my eyeball. And it, oh, it's like my whole face was swollen. I'm playing like one eyed baseball. I'm like, this sucks. My dad's like, tough it out. You're gonna be okay. I'm like, F you, dad. I could lose <laughs> my eye. Yeah. <laughs> and the worst it is sucks. if you sweat, then it, then it then moves on or whatever they say. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good it, that, man. It just spreads everywhere. But, yeah, Kansas, the, the trees out here, it's in central Kansas, I don't know about eastern. I know there's more public and walking out there that you can hunt. And that's where a lot of guys that from out of state, if they do hunt public, they kill a lot of big deer out there. There's a lot of big deer in eastern parts of Kansas. There's big yeah. deer everywhere. You just got to find them. I mean, there's big deer in western Kansas, and there's nothing out there besides freaking grass. Oh, like, yeah. I know guys that go out there and kill hammer whitetails. I'm like, dude, there's it's just grass. It's unreal. Mm-hmm. But That's we've nice. talked about Oklahoma. I'd like to hunt, go down and hunt Oklahoma. I was actually supposed to hunt Nebraska last year too, but we ended yeah. up not being able to because of COVID. Me and another guy from our team actually from Released Outdoors. But so I don't know. We'll see. I might try that again here in the not so distant future. There's so many good like sleeper states that are out there. Absolutely. Like, it, it's crazy, man. Like you yeah. never even realize, like guys don't even talk about it. One of the ones, I have East Coast wise, Maryland and Delaware. Mm-hmm. I mean, like they're they're yeah. two sleeper states. New Jersey. I mean, there's so many like near us that are like these guys shoot hammers. Like you would think that you were in the Midwest with some of these deer that they shoot. The yeah. kid that owns um, Zeus Broadheads, Nick Albanese. That dude shoots mega giants. Mm-hmm. In oh New yeah, Jersey. I've seen them. Cool. Well, even if yeah, you I've watch, seen like, a couple of big deer killed in like Pennsylvania and stuff. Oh, yeah. Pennsylvania's got it's slobs. Got they always yeah. have. The, the I just problem, don't get how people out there can't kill, you know, obviously I'm not from there, but how do you not kill a big deer? And there's big deer there, you know? Well, the they, biggest well, granted, thing is, I ain't killed big deer. I live in Kansas. Yeah. <laughs> Most of Pennsylvania is, you know, like this. <laughs> yeah. So you're, you're, you're ridge hunting. It's more like West Virginia when you get over to some of the spots where the big deer oh, yeah. are. And uh, that's, it's easier to actually just get on the Ohio border where you get that Makes transition sense. where it's more of the foothills than it is the mountains. Yeah. But that's that and there, you, there's a hunter in every other tree. That's what I was going to yeah. say. The population yeah. of hunting is insane out there. Like it's a national holiday. Nobody goes to school for the first week of, of gun season. I mean, it's like, that's how Kansas is. Everybody and their brother hunts, you yeah. know? Yeah. Opening day, opening weekend of Kansas where gun season is insane. And it gets even crazier the last weekend because everyone's trying to fill a freaking deer tag and everyone's doing shit that they ain't supposed to be doing. It's mm-hmm. crazy. It's so, insane. The, the, actually going back to the bow league, the two people that I have on my team that are from Pennsylvania that they, Paul himself, he shot two deer that would have went probably, he would have been over, over 400 inches for two Ooh. deer last year. Yeah, yeah. That's insane. And that's that Pennsylvania. Insane. Yeah. 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 If, if you know where they are and you can get to them and you put in the effort out there, they're there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. It's, yeah, it's unreal. Yeah, there's so many states out there, man. It's just it's just going there and hunting and figuring it out, you know. And even the public land, man, in some of those places is yeah. insane. Yeah, there's some it's incredible not, public. Oklahoma's high on my list. A because it's close right there, and B because 
you, I have just seen so many big deer kill in Oklahoma the past five years that I'm mind blown by it. Like, I'm like, dude, they got it figured out down there how to kill big deer finally, which is great. And it's just a freaking skip over for us to go down there. And I have some family down there that are actually looking for some spots for me. So nice. that'll be nice. That's awesome. Well, boys, man, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, I do got one last question for you guys, and that is uh, the, the typical normal question. You guys listen to the podcast. So what drives you guys outdoors? Go ahead, Jeremiah. Oh, man. <laughs> I, don't... I like how we use that delay tactic. <laughs> it's all you man go ahead yeah right like here you go ahead you think so i can think absolutely i'm sitting here pondering like i got yeah. a good idea but let's see his idea i don't know i mean i would say what drives me especially like being a college athlete is i mean i never i never did anything to be mediocre and so now that I don't have college athletics in my life, like hunting, hunting is my thing. And so I want to be the best at whatever it is I'm doing at the moment. You know, uh, I don't want to be average at anything I do in my life. I feel like the world is full of people that are okay with being average or subpar. So I, and being a father now, I want to set that, set that bar, set that standard in my life for my kids and my, my family. So I would say that's what drives me to not be mediocre. I like it. I do like it a lot. You're up Christian. Yeah, I, <laughs> mine's kind of the same. I mean, I'm not, I don't have any kids yet. Uh, so I just do it for the love. I just have such a love and a passion for it because I grew up with it. My grandpa uh, inter- introduced it to me and my father when I was young. I used to sit between my dad's legs in the tree stand on the platform while he bow hunted. Nice. Loved it. Grandpa is traditional. He shoots recurve. He can't anymore because shoulders are bad, so he shoots a crossbow. But I've seen that man kill deer with a recurve, and it just blows my mind. I'm like, this is what I want to do. And it, it, if I can be successful at this, then that's what I want to be successful at. I the I tell everyone the knowledge in my head that I have for whitetails will probably blow your mind. It's, it's probably sickening that I know more about whitetails than about anything else. Granted, I haven't killed a giant yet, but my time's coming, like I tell everyone. But it just to be better every year and know more and more every year. Like Major League Boner says, never stop learning. And that's how I am. That's mm-hmm. what drives me is I want to know everything about this deer. I'd like to know his freaking social number if he had one, you know. Like that's <laughs> how I am. I yeah. just it, I, you know, I drive myself crazy come white tail season. You can ask my wife. I flip our house upside down and God bless her heart. She loves me for it, but it's, <laughs> it's pretty insane. You know, and it's, I, I, it's funny. You guys both went that way. Not in the fact that they're not good answers. Cause there's no such thing as a bad answer, but you guys have like the easiest con off answer to that question ever. <laughs> What drives you? That's my release. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I wanted to say, it, but I'm it's like, just, man, I don't want to just, be too cliche. Like, it releases me. I'm like, I don't want to be that guy, but I want to be that guy. You, you guys, you, you missed out on like the perfect opportunity. I was waiting for it. And I was like, wow, they're getting like deep into it, man. They got the easy out. Yeah. I thought, man, I could be the guy, you know, it releases me, but I'm like, I don't want to be that guy. Cause I think they know. <laughs> well, I don't know. We, we've already gone through the whole, I was laying in bed thing. So 
it's probably better you didn't. <laughs> yeah, we hey, I kicked the door in right away. I mean, no doubt about it. <laughs> hey, that's how you got to do it head first. Absolutely. Right. All right, guys. Well, before we wrap this thing up, real quick, one last time, where can everybody find you? Go, Go ahead. ahead. Oh, I'll take it. Uh, we're on Instagram, uh, Facebook, and actually just started a TikTok account too. We do a little bit of TikTok, you know, TikTok's a big thing. Might as well. It's, and it's easy to do. Make some sweet videos, post on there. But Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, uh, look us out for Bowhunt League because we're coming. That's what I tell them. We're, hey, we're coming. We're going to be knocking on the door. So. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us. I know we've uh, bounced back and forth trying to get this one put together for a little while. So we appreciate you guys sticking yeah, with us. We finally did. Yeah, absolutely. Loved it. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely stay in touch and keep things rolling. So if you guys need anything, reach out, let us know, and uh, we'll be happy to give you a hand. And in the meantime, for everybody out there, you know where to find these guys. Go get your release. See, I'll do it for you. And uh, <laughs> until then, thanks for taking the ride right here on the Outdoor Drive. Outdoor Drive.